0: This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge. A change is inevitable. The Lord Jesus on that day. We could celebrate him on the 5th. Or any day. We can even celebrate him on your birthday if you want to. But the most important thing is that we acknowledge. Because every time we celebrate the birth of Jesus... We acknowledge the love of God. We acknowledge the gift of the Father. That's it. There are those who don't believe in celebrating birthdays. That's okay. I love birthdays. You know, I do. And for some of us, we have massive, massive party. Right? Right? You know, and and there are people who go, well, it's my 50th or it's my 30th or it's my 18th birthday and they want to have a big party. That's good. Whatever reason you want to have a party, but if you could celebrate yourself that big, Mm -hmm. how about the Lord Jesus? You know, he deserves all. So that's why we throw in everything possible. And I also, you know, continuously want us to um, embrace the idea of celebrating Jesus bigger than ever before. Bigger each year. Bigger each year. And that is one way of getting the world to know that we love our Lord. You see, there are so many things we celebrate about Jesus. And actually, every day is our celebration of the Lord. And then we celebrate his, his death, thanking him for dying on our behalf, and we celebrate his resurrection. Why? Because the resurrection actually brought about the birth, you know, what we now know as the church. Mm -hmm. And then we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, which is the actual birthing of the church. How interesting. But you see, these events never take them lightly because they are key events that marks our existence as God's children. Praise God. So this morning, I want to talk about what I've titled What is Your Part in the Birth of Jesus? What is your part? There are so many people that were stationed all through history who played part in the birth of Jesus. Whether they knew it or not, they, they played a part in the birth of Jesus. It started from you know, the prophets actually started from Adam. God spoke to Eve about the sun, the seed, who will bruise the heel, or rather bruise the head of the serpent. And then there are so many prophets across history who talked about the coming of the son. Praise God. Are we ready to have a quick look at those? Let's pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ that you will speak to us today. Help us to understand our place in the way we share the gospel. Help us to understand that when we celebrate Christmas is an icebreaker to bring about the gospel of Jesus. So help us to understand how we play a part in his birth. Commemoration today. Change our mindset. Help us to set religion aside and take on your thoughts today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Isaiah chapter 9. Verse number 2. So the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those Who dwelt in the land of intense darkness and the shadow of death upon them has the light shined. Now, if you note the the tenses of this particular verse is actually set in the past tense. It's not set in the present, no present continuous. It's set in the past tense. So it's something that was already done, it was decided. So when Jesus came, he came in to fulfill what was already done. He said, the people who walked in darkness as a result of the birth of Jesus, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of intense darkness and the shadow of death, upon them has the light shined. Now, what does it mean by people who walk in darkness? Now, I could ask you to tell me what darkness represents. Darkness is not just the absence of physical light. Darkness includes the absence of satisfaction in life, you know? It includes the absence of joy. It includes a nagging void in your spirit and nothing else can satisfy It includes sickness. It includes death. It includes everything, every negative thing that you can think about. It it also includes absence of the Holy Spirit in one's life. And here he's saying the people who walked in darkness have seen. And I I like the, the, the idea of seeing a light. The Bible tells us that we have been redeemed, delivered from the domain of darkness, from the kingdom of darkness, and translated into the kingdom of his dear son, which is the kingdom of light. Now, what does light also represent? Light represents insight. Light represents joy, abundant joy. Because when light shines, right, darkness disappears. Yeah. In, in other words, when light shines, the sorrow, the fear, all disappears. Back from where, <laughs> oh God, I came from. Um, we never had constant light, as in electricity. We didn't, right? Right? Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. We didn't, and it was interesting how probably once in every three days you get electricity supply. Fantastic, and the National Electric Power Authority (NEPA) that's what they called National Electric Power Authority. um, Everyone knew about them. When the light comes on, everyone shout, "Up NEPA!" You know. You you celebrate because it's light, and I hated it. I always hated it. At times we were coming back from church, uh, because at church we had you know a big generator that would power whatever else we, we do at church, and then we're coming back, and I'm telling my mom, I said I'm thinking hope there's light at home. Hope, I hope you know Nepa has supplied light this time, and they ration it right. It, the rationale it's not like the whole country is in darkness, no, I tell you. Actually, they are the biggest cities which always have light. And of course, you know, there are people who um, would pay Nepal to supply light 24-7. An interesting thing is that even if you've paid your electricity bill, you may not still have light. You may not still have power supply. And then people got to the point where they were smart enough that when the authority come in to, to uh, actually literally cut your cables of the grid, people have a way of hooking new cables. They bring, bring them out of their own storage and hook new cables on and connect. Almost every house was, you know, they knew how to operate electricity. Interesting. Why? Because people always wanted light. They enjoyed light much more than they would live in darkness. People live in darkness because they do not have options. People live in darkness because they do not know how to bring about light. However, people always seek the presence of light. In other words, people seek joy. Above every other thing, there's nobody that is born and say he just likes being sad, even the saddest. Even the things that the saddest do, they do it to satisfy something inside of them. They don't do it to become sad, they do it to gain some satisfaction. So everyone is seeking for something. And then here he's saying, he said, the people who walked in darkness, although they have not become are uh, so acquainted with darkness so but they are starting to see light although that's all they've ever known but they are starting to see light you might be in the middle of uh, a very impressive interesting and important conversation and then your battery drains out you seek a connection right Very quickly, very quickly. Interesting how people want to enjoy light. In the presence of light is all manner of inventions and creativity. In the absence of light is all manner of evil. All manner of evil. I think we talked about it on, th- on Friday, that in the, in the presence of darkness, rather in the absence of light, people can make progress. They can't. They might still be in, but they can make progress. You know how people say, well, when you stayed in the darkness for, for a while, you start to see Is a light. I've tried it many times. The only things that I can get accustomed to are things that I've always known. But I can't discover newer things. You can describe something to me and say, you know, turn off these lights, right? This place is dark. And I say, get to something that is red. is behind the, the chair. You can never, I, you know, understand the color. Why? Because in the absence of light, there is no color. Yeah. Oh, and guess what Jesus brought? Jesus brought light so that your creativity can explode. He brought light so that, you know, you can see color in your life. And that is why he said, you know, the people who walked in darkness, who are even now quite comfortable in darkness, he said they're they're starting to see light. And those who dwelt in the land of intense darkness, I can't imagine what that is because darkness is bad in itself, how much more intense darkness. So for those who dwelt in the land of intense darkness and the shadow of death, it could be those who have come to the point where they have no option but to give up their kids for adoption because they can't feed them, they can't look after them. Or they have no option what to eat and they degrade themselves to what they used to you know despise they have no option what to drink and they drink from mud now at times it's not because that was their choice in our times some of us we could sit back and blame them or judge them well didn't you know how if they knew, they would not. So, but, but who asked you to have a child when you couldn't look after? Yeah, that's comfortable for you, isn't it? But if they knew how to make it better, they would have. But there's one place to start. Christmas. That's a place to start. Christmas is a new concept, well it's not a new concept but it's a concept of God bringing love to those who know no love. Who didn't even know what love looks like. You see, love from a human perspective is all about me. Anyone that says hi to me, anyone that likes me, anyone that talks highly of me are those people that I think I love until they start to say something wrong about me. but for God. He shines the sun on both his enemies and those that are his children. His reflection of love was, was, was complete in Jesus when he sent his one and only son. Actually, when you think about Jesus and understand about Jesus, you realize that God sent himself. He sent himself. And that was why he said, you shall call his name Emmanuel. What's that? God with us. He didn't say the son with us. He said God with us. God walking amongst us. God experiencing our life for the first time. He came to walk among us. He came to understand our plight. And that is why he said, those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. So the question then is, what's your part in his birth? What's your part in his birth? Because you see, you are the light of the world. As a child of God, that's what Jesus calls us. So you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that... That, that cannot be hidden. Hey, check the word. He didn't say a city that is set on a hill that will not like to be hidden. He didn't say a city that is set on a hill that prefers not to be hidden. He a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. In other words, even if it wants to be hidden, by reason of its positioning, it cannot be hidden. By reason of his location, it cannot be hidden. And that's why at times we try to hide. At times, we we try not to show that we are Christians, but people still figure you out. You can only hide for a a little while, but they just know. They just know. They know this person, there's something different about you. You are in the midst of so many people, and yes, you look awkward. You are trying to belong. You are trying to act like every other person, but you you are just awkward. And then you are chasing after that, that feeling, that way of being in the world. And it's not working. Social media couldn't give it to you. You learn the dance, you, know, you, you learn the slangs, but it's not working. You even learned how to swear like every other person. But it's still not working because every time you swore, there's something in your spirit just ticking off and going, come on. Why? Because you are the light of the world. You might want to hide, but you can't. So if I were you, I will just give up and go, let's do this. Because it's an anointing upon you that you can't shake. You can't shake. From the very moment you said, Jesus, come into my life, that anointing was deposited upon you, lavished upon you, You know, we read that on Sunday. Behold, what manner of love the Father has lavished upon us. It's so much on you. But you've got to play a part in his birth. We're not going to wish Christmas away. All right. Christmas is not about how much you spend. Christmas is about how much you give. Isn't it? Generosity is not about how much you have. Generosity is about how much you have, how the, your capacity to give. And that was why Jesus you know, was sat by the treasury and watched people putting money into the treasury uh, at church and was watching them. And there are those who will dance and dance and dance and dance. Like they do it, you know, where I come from. They will dance so much. These guys will be sweating. By the time they get to the treasury, they drop 20 cents. And Jesus looks at the cents. Look at them. It doesn't add up. And there are those Who would come, you know, people just see them. They just see their look. They know these are big givers. And they come, they actually give big. But Jesus looks at the big giving and look at their heart. It doesn't add up. And there are those who just walk in. It's even shy to come to the front. They dance a little bit, but they are quite self-aware. And they get to that point and hide what they are given and quickly make their way back to their seats. And they are wondering, is that enough, God? But that's all I have. And Jesus looks at what they've given and looks at them and goes, to such belong the kingdom. You could have bought gifts <clears throat> you want to give to people for Christmas. What's the essence of your gift? Don't get me wrong; I'm waiting for one from you. What was the essence of your gift? Are you just giving gift just to tick the box? I gave gift this Christmas. To the person that you are giving gift, is it the right person to give gifts? What's the essence of your gift? You see, Jesus was not born in heaven. He could have been born in heaven, but he wasn't. Do you know Jesus did not exist in heaven as Jesus? He didn't exist in heaven. So when you, when you, before Jesus came to earth, there was nothing like Jesus in heaven. There was no one as Jesus in heaven. Now you have many questions, right? Okay, come to call. We'll answer those questions. All right. call start soon, right? Okay. So there was no need for Jesus in heaven. But Jesus was needed much more here on earth. If Jesus had appeared in heaven, the angels would have looked, oh, wow, great, fantastic, and they get used to him and then that's it. Why? Because that's something that they've always seen. They've always seen the glory of the Father. It won't be too different for them. But they heard about it. They knew that God, God that they can't even comprehend is becoming man? Becoming man? How's that going to be? So the very night Jesus was born, I'm not sure whether it was day or night in heaven, but they made sure they were present. They They knew the night, so they waited. And they were picking down. And then they saw this man and woman whom were not even identified by anyone. You know, they didn't mean much to the society. A teenage girl and a carpenter. But they knew there was something about this too. You know, we can't talk much about Mary because we know Mary, you know, she was the mother of Jesus. Fantastic because we've always heard much about Mary but let's think about Joseph for a moment Joseph had no place in this thing actually Joseph was bamboozled into understanding that this is a child of the Holy Ghost and you know what he had to play his part he had to and there were a few other people who played their part who were not part of the immediate family Joseph and Mary. Let's explore a little bit Zechariah, whom we spoke about on Friday. Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist played his part. If he was not where he was the angel Gabriel wouldn't have come and then that would have delayed the birth of John the Baptist and guess what? As long as John the Baptist was delayed the birth of Jesus was delayed. Because there need to be a John the Baptist who would prepare the way. So Zechariah played his part. Always in the presence of God, as the priest, burning incense for the prayers of the saints. And the angel appeared at the right time. Elizabeth played her part. Because it was the only evidence that Mary had to understand that there was nothing wrong with her. The angel spoke to me. He said, you will have a baby. And all of a sudden, I'm pregnant. Joseph don't understand this. What is this about? For some of us who think something is going on with me, right? But the angel said, you know, your relation Elizabeth is also pregnant. And Mary shows up, and the baby in Elizabeth's tummy leapt for joy. And then Elizabeth prophesied. Go check out Elizabeth's prophecy. Elizabeth played a part in the first Christmas. Another person that played a part was Simeon. You remember Simeon? No, you don't. Because not everyone heard about Simeon. Simeon was a very old man. Luke chapter 2. And I can't remember anywhere else he's spoken of. In the scriptures, other than this particular verse. Luke chapter 2, verse number 25. But let's take from verse 22. When the time came, verse 22, Luke chapter 2. I'm reading from the New International Version. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses... Joseph and Mary took him, who? Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Right? As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. Who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Whoa. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. For the redemption of Israel. For the reawakening of Israel. He said, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And he was a very old man. So if he took another 200 years, probably he would still be alive, just waiting for the Lord's Messiah. And guess what? If Zechariah had not played his part, that would have kept him alive longer. Right? It's true, because Zechariah had to play his part for John to be born. Elizabeth had to play her part for Mary to you know, receive evidence that this is actually the child of the Holy Spirit. And then just before Simeon, can I show you one more place? Just before Simeon, Matthew chapter 1, verse 24. Because you might think your part today might not be important, but it's much important. Because every part we play adds up to the full picture. I was still here. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 20. When Joseph woke up, read the next one, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He did. That was his part. He did. He did. You might not like it. You might not understand it. But don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. It still baffles my mind. I just can't understand it. They were only engaged, you know, in our world today. Actually, back in their world, they could have just quickly gone away and just go, yeah, I understand. You're special, right? <laughs> Great. Don't understand that. My family, you see, I love you, I accept you, but my family won't accept you. So let's just... So I don't know what Joseph would have gone through. Because back in those days, as it is still today, you you don't have sex without marriage. (coughs) It's still true. Although, it's no longer popular, but it's still true. Very true. But back then, if you did, that's a big deal. You could get killed. Your family could reject you completely. Because not only have you brought shame to the family, you've also brought shame to the Lord if you remember Joseph now we're not talking about Joseph uh, Mary's husband we're talking about Joseph the son of Jacob in the Old Testament you remember when Potiphar's wife wanted him your boss's wife boss's wife is your boss as well she knows how to move the heart of the husband to do put you any position right said, you know, let's do this. And he refused her. But the part that gets to my mind, that gets to me all the time, is the reason why he refused her. You see, it wasn't because Joseph was too young or, you know, didn't have the capacity. He had, that's why Potiphar. And actually, if you study a little bit, you find that Potiphar was actually the most beautiful woman in Egypt at that time. So Potiphar was even bamboozled that Joseph would reject her yeah. or refuse her yeah. because no man has ever been able to withstand that But Joseph said I cannot do this evil against my master and I cannot sin against God yes. yes. Who he so, said, but I, I, could, I could do this against my master. It will always remain in my mind, but I know you will cover for me. And then our secret is safe with us. He so, said, but this is also against God. Can't do this against God. So you understand the culture back then. That God was held in high esteem when it came to you know, having relations and there's so many scriptures that, that talk about it. But that's not what we're talking about right now. What we are talking about is, you know, fast forward many thousands of years to another Joseph. Presented with another Potiphar in the presence of Mary. See, now, listen, Potiphar was not a bad woman. The Bible didn't tell us she was, you know, um, she was bad. No, she wasn't bad. She was not Jezebel. You know, Potiphar has, or, or rather, Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife. Um, what was her name? I think her name was Zipporah. Her name was not mentioned. Oh, great. You see Bible students right here. Okay. But besides that, you realize that she was beautiful. There was nothing wrong with her. She was still great. But she was not just satisfied. But here comes Mary. Chosen one of God. Presented to Joseph this time. So Joseph, you've got to accept her. And Joseph would have wondered, what would my family say? It took an angel. I'm not sure how long it took between the angel speaking to Gabriel, uh, to Mary and then the angel speaking to Joseph. It could have been a matter of few minutes, could have been a matter of hours, could have been a matter of days or weeks. But I'm pretty sure it's longer than a few hours. I'm pretty sure it's longer than a few days because Joseph was already contemplating getting rid of her. So he took an angel who said, Joseph don't do that, (laughs) don't do that in other words joseph i understand how devout you are i understand the religion i understand that you are doing this to save face i understand you are doing this to honor god you say but i'm god almighty don't do that why because the baby that you're seeing is a child of the holy spirit so the bible tells us that joseph did as he was commanded so in other words, your part in this Christmas might not be the default that you would usually, you know, uh, you know, the default thing that you usually do. But you've got to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of you because you've got a part to play. The people that dwelt in darkness have seen a great light. And you are the light that has to shine in your world today. You've got to add that piece to it to make the gospel complete. There's a part that you've got to play. And the Holy Spirit will show to you what that part is. The next one was Egypt. Egypt had to play a part. Egypt had to play a part in. The preservation of the Son of God. You say, but, but, but he's the Son of God. He could have saved. No, he, he came to live as 100% human. And because he was 100% human, he had the human vulnerabilities. Right. Not like those kids that we see on movies, uh, what they call them. They're babies and they can move the world. You know, you can move water, airbender. No, God didn't come that way. He came to live as you, to understand you, to understudy you, to be you so that he can be the perfect sacrifice. He didn't come to pretend to be human whereas he's actually God. He came to be complete human although he was God. Are we still here? All right. Can we look at Simeon again? Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was, was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arm and praised God. Saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, let me die now. (laughs) I've seen the Lord's servant. I've seen the Lord's Messiah. Say, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people. Israel. Verse 23. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce through your heart. That's the whole history of Jesus, isn't it? on his, is it seven days, or his tenth day, that's the tenth day, on his tenth day, his whole thirty-three years' life was spoken and summarized by Simeon. He played his part. Are you still here? Played his part. Guess another person who played their part? Herod. Herod was positioned to play a part. Herod played his part, Herod played his part, but you see we need to determine how we play our part, Herod played his part but not to destroy, it was to acknowledge, to acknowledge the birth of the Son of God, but because he was insecure, his own insecurity Triggered his pride and triggered the fear that this newborn you know child would potentially take over his kingdom. And he sent for all kids below the age of two, two years and under, to be killed. What a king destroying a whole generation. And that was why in Jesus' day, in that city of Bethlehem, there was no one like him. There was no one his age. He was the only one. You understand that, right? Every child in that city was killed, two years and under. But at that time, Jesus said to Mary and Joseph, take the son and flee to Egypt. So he stayed in Egypt until they heard that The enemy is dead. And they came back to Egypt. Egypt played their part. What part are you playing today? What part are you playing? You might not be able to bring a whole lot. But are you like the little drummer boy? I have no gift to bring. But I'll play my drum for you. What part are you playing? Would you share on your social media platform the birth of Jesus and what it means for you? Would that be your part? Instead of buying a gift for someone who would just look at it and say thank you and then put it away and possibly not open it, how about go to them, give them a hug, that's enough, and give the gift to someone else who probably needs it more. Identifying those in your community who need the gift better than you. Or you have received gifts from so many people because you are quite an influence. What does the gift do for you? How about reconvert it and re gift it? Give to those who really need it. What part are you playing today? Because now, Jesus does not need rescue. Are you still here? But the gospel needs to be pushed further. Those, that's scripture again. Isaiah 9 verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of intense darkness and the shadow of death, upon them has a light shined. Now I would like you to have a look and this is my last point before, before we round off tonight or today. Verse number 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over, over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the time forth, from this time forth even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Say, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And every son is given to you. If you acknowledge that Jesus came for your sake, you show him forth. Let your light, or rather let his light shine through you. Show to the world that Jesus is Lord. Show to the world in your own little way. Make it big, celebrate him. Not sure what you're gonna do on that day, but celebrate him. And knowing fully well it's not just about a day, but it's about the attitude of celebration. Then celebrate him well. Celebrate him well. When you do sit down with your family members, Talk about Jesus for something. You know, for a change. Talk about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Give them the opportunity to give their lives to Jesus if they have not. Say, but I don't talk to my family for the sake of Jesus. How about shine that light to your family? Say, well, I don't like the way my dad talks to me. It's okay. Shine the light. Shine the light. The mind, see the light and follow the light. They might even wonder, how come you've changed? Do you know why? Because apples don't usually fall too far from a tree. So what you think you really hate with your father is right inside you. It's in you. But then you've got to identify the light and let that light diminish the darkness. And then let your dad see it. Let your mom see it. Let your cousin see it. Let that guy at your workplace that you've decided I will never talk to. He doesn't like me, so I don't like you. We are not here to be friends. We are here to to work, right? Let your light shine. Let your light shine. I can see some people smiling. It's true. I know some people can be really annoying at work. They know how to push themselves forward and, push and and act as though you are the worst person that they've ever seen. It's OK, let your light shine. You are special. You see, you don't have insecurity issues, right? You don't have insecurity issues. You are secured in confidence in who you are and in what you are. Be confident in that. And much more, God loves you. Yeah. He's called you his son, his daughter. So let that, let that beef up your confidence. And then shine the light. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Can we stand on our feet? Hallelujah. No, I can. I can. I can understand at times shining the light might be difficult, especially in the midst of darkness. But you see, light does not struggle to shine. Light just shines. And it only takes a spark to get the fire going. And soon all those around will warm up in his glory. So if this message has sparked something in you today, don't cover it. Don't put a blanket over it. Don't roll over and quench it shine. Find it into flame. Find it into flame. Remind your brother, remind your sister, let's shine the light. Find someone to tag with. You bring your spark and I'll bring mine. Let's make a big fire. Yeah. Yeah. Let the Holy Spirit help you find it into flame. You know, every moment you get to that place where usually the, the darkness dominates. Say, Holy Spirit, Help me to shine your light today. Help me to shine your light today. Let it not be about me today. Let it be about you. Because everything that makes me angry about this person is because it's me. But let it no longer be about me. Let it be about you. Let me walk in and not feel like everyone is talking about me or against me. But they can talk about me, it's okay. So that every time that I shine the light, the light can easily flow through the through the whole, in the name of Jesus. See, it's only the Holy Spirit that can help you shine that light. Don't do it all on your own. Don't do it all on your own. Jesus came by the, uh, by, by the Holy Spirit and you can only share the Christmas message by the Holy Spirit. You can not share it through Santa Claus. You can not share it through Christmas classic music. You see, that's not the spirit of Christmas. But the spirit of Christmas is that God so loved the world that he gave. And I'm going to spread this love the way I know how to, by the Holy Spirit. So I'll stand out of my own way. Let the Holy Spirit lead me wherever he needs me to go today. Jesus can you take a moment and just reflect on that and pray about it and say Holy Spirit use me today use me today to be a light your light to my world starting from my own home use me to be the light use me to quench every argument use me to quench every disagreement use me to highlight the Son, the Son of God use me today I'll play my part whatever that is I will play my part just tell me and I will play my part I will push the, the gospel forward that those places that have not been lit will receive the light of the gospel. I'll play my part. I will not allow how I feel about myself or how I have always thought about myself be the hindrance or the barrier that stops me from playing my part. I'll play my part today, God. I'll reveal your love to many. I'll shine your light. Shine your light. For the sake of the sun, I will suspend judgment. For the sake of the sun, I will overlook certain things that used to trigger me. For the sake of the sun, Shake hands with those who didn't deserve it in my own judgment. For the sake of the Son, I will apologize, even though I'm not in the wrong. For the sake of the Son, for the sake of the Gospel, I will invest hug where it's much needed. For the sake of the Gospel. I will stand as your light in my world. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. The message you've heard was produced by The Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com. Or on Facebook, the Trans Edge Church. You may wish to call us on 02 4731 2419. The Trans Edge: A change is inevitable.